This podcast was proudly brought to you by Bioceuticals, leaders in nutraceuticals and education for healthcare professionals. FX Medicine, and I'm Andrew Whitfield-Cook. And with me on the line today is Keone Moore, who is a naturopath who graduated in 2006, so nine-odd years experience. Keone combines her expertise as both a practitioner that cares deeply for her clients and her innovative business skills. Keone's been able to achieve what few do in the natural medicine industry, which is a thriving multi-modality clinic that doesn't rely on her seeing clients to be viable. Clinically, Keone has a reputation for results and has become specialised in oncology support, particularly for people aiming to prevent cancer, access adjunctive care during conventional treatments or recovery programs aimed at reducing recurrence post-treatment. Keone is very passionate about sharing her success with others and works as a member for other natural health met practitioners and clinics. And Synergy of Success, or SOS, her mentoring business, is a platform to allow a sharing of expertise and business modelling that has seen ReMed achieve its success. Committed to a world where the role of complementary medicine practitioners are valued, Keone is dedicated to creating a thriving, not surviving, business culture. And I truly welcome you here today, Keone, because I'm so impressed by what you've achieved over a very short period of time and ethically. Welcome, Keone. Thanks, Andrew. Keone, it, it's a common mindset in the naturopathic industry that you're not going to be able to make a decent living and, and it's a more of a cottage industry mentality or, or a pauper mentality. But you've really turned that on its head. I think first, though, we need to go back where it all started for you because I'm imagining that would have been in naturopathic college. Is that right? Absolutely. So I studied at Southern Cross Uni in Lismore and um, actually went to that um, institution because I had planned on going to research. So I, throughout the whole degree, had planned into going to honours and PhD. And then I got to my final year in clinic and apart from you know a seven-year journey to get there, mm. I really fell in love with being in clinic and um, it was actually only in my last 12 months um, of study that I realised that I was going to become a practitioner and so that was certainly a bit of a challenge to realign all of my goals and dreams because I've been sort of working in one direction and then to realise how much I loved interacting with clients and really helping empower people within their health really started this journey um, that I'm on now. So, Keone, you finished. What happened next? So, within two weeks of graduating, I relocated my family to Melbourne. So, we were living in northern New South Wales at the time uh, with the intention of starting my practice. So, uh, we moved for a number of reasons, but primarily because I wanted to be in an environment where I felt a practice could thrive. So I looked at a number of different aspects that suited both myself, the family, and my aspirations to own a clinic. 
And so I moved into renting a room um, out of another clinic, always with the intention of building my client base and then getting a foundation that would allow me to launch into my own clinic. So it was always my intention from the time that I moved to Melbourne. And and I did that. So it took me three years to build up my client base. Um, it grew quite rapidly and um, I certainly developed that profile as an individual practitioner and was booked up and I'm like, okay, now I'm ready. I'm ready to launch my dream Remeds, the natural approach to medicine, which is my clinic now. Yeah. And so it was that time when I, I launched a clinic, I got receptionists, I got a whole lot of bunch of practitioners and I was like, wow, this is my moment defined. Like my dreams and aspirations have come true. But I guess it was a hard sink back into reality after that moment. Mm. And over the next 18 months, I certainly found out what I didn't know uh, and where my strengths were not. So, and, you know, what I realised is that running a clinic had absolutely nothing to do with being an, a good practitioner individually. And so I was struggling because I needed a whole lot of skill sets that I simply didn't have, um, which ended up really me working harder, longer hours for less pay. Mm. So I went from working four days a week to six and uh, was seeing 50 to 60 clients a week, often doing my own reception whilst seeing clients um, and was definitely in a negative cycle around working to pay the bills for the clinic and having a whole bunch of practitioners that really weren't contributing to the overall um well, it wasn't success at that point, <laughs> or survival, I guess, of the clinic. And so 18 months after I opened, I really hit breaking point. And um, there was a defining moment in my life where I locked the door one evening and just crying because I never wanted to go back to that place. And so the dreams of being a clinic owner where, you know, I'd have all these practitioners working for me, I'd mentor them. And I'd be able to go on holidays while the clinic just um, you know, bumbled along and that I'd have more time with my family was certainly not the reality for me at that point in time. Mm-hmm. So what what happened to change your determination? What what happened next? Because like, uh, I remember you telling me this at the Biocidical Symposium and it, it actually quite choked me up. So what saved you? Well... It was really close call, like because I really didn't <laughs> didn't want the clinic anymore. So it was um, it was so close to me, completely throwing in the towel. And it just happened to be that I'd been in contact with someone who uh, really stepped in for me at that point and said, "I see the potential in you, and um, I think that you've got the foundations for what something that could be great. You've just got to look at." things in a different way and so she became my business mentor and actually ended up buying into the business and we're still business partners to this day and uh, she was a very trusted ally for me in that she really got me to turn around my mindset and I, I think what happened is that no one else within my clinic changed it was me that changed mm. And so rather than, oh, 
you know, I guess being in that negative thought cycle that I was talking about where I just worked more and more and became more resentful and <laughs> this whole kind of a chain of events that was a vicious cycle was actually to break out of that and then look at things in a way where I could be a leader um, and change the way that I was leading change the way the business modelling was set up and change the culture. That wouldn't have happened overnight, though, would it? Oh, no. <laughs> what, so what period of time transpired between you wanting locking that door and then changing you? It was very challenging to look at yourself in such a raw, honest and vulnerable way and see that the only way out of that problem was to take complete responsibility for the culture within the clinic. And so it was an 18-month to two-year process Mm -hmm. of building skills around how to be a leader, um, how to be able to manage a business, what areas I had not done well prior to that point. And not not because I didn't want to, but simply because I did not have the skills in place at that point. So it was a very big learning curve to quickly get up to speed on a whole lot of stuff that I didn't even know that I didn't know. And I think that's the trickiest thing. If you don't know that you don't know it, then um, it can be difficult to even know where to access the information. Yeah or the knowledge that you acquire. Okay, but there's been other attempts made at business development, um, some quite commercially based, and, and some, of the, um, some of them are indeed about selling more stuff to patients, and I, I just can't condone that approach. So how is your approach different? There's two really important aspects. I think the first one is the business modelling and culture that's the foundation of Remed, which is that it's a win-win-win is a model that I've developed to really portray some of these aspects of going, we don't have to win at the expense of somebody else. And so if we look at what's very common in the industry, because we have a large bulk of people who really feel uncomfortable with making money or making an income from the profession, and then a, a subset of people who are really happy to it, you know, sometimes at the expense of others. Mm. They're two polarities of the same thing. But I think where the I get the dream is, where my values are strongly connected to, is that how can we create clinics that propel practitioners into a rewarding career? Clinics that are sustained by a collaborative team that contribute to the overall success of the clinic and the clients get delivered healthcare that changes their life. Hmm. So for me, having a thriving clinic does not mean that we oversell or over-service the clients. Um, I guess the other aspect is that, and this is something that a lot of uh, people that have worked with me talk about, hmm. is that... I have built a business from scratch. I have built a clinic from scratch. So I guess there's an, uh, you know, when we talk about from scratch, I've I've borrowed $5,000 to start the clinic from my mother, (laughs) which is amazing when I look at, you know, what it is now. And so in some ways that made it really hard for myself. But um, in terms of, you know, I guess 
this business does have my blood, sweat and tears. And I can relate to a lot of the challenges faced by both individual practitioners and clinic owners because I've experienced a lot of the same challenges. Yeah, this is the thing I think that is so great about you is that you really have come from the dark days into the bright light. So, <laughs> so tell me, what's your life like now? What Practice numbers, retention of clients. Let's talk about n- not just your life but your practice as well. How's it changed? Uh, well, I, I can't even um, compare to, you know, when I think about how much um, I was working, say, at that, at that pivotal point in the clinic where I nearly threw it all in. You know, now I work myself seeing clients two half days per week um, and that's mainly because I choose to because I love my clients mm. um, but certainly in terms of the practice we have seven naturopaths four massage therapists and chiropractor and eight admin superstars um, so in terms of we've really built um, a big team that's um, very collaborative and contributes to the success of the clinic and one of the biggest things is that my um, ability to see clients, the, the clinic is not reliant on that. So it's something that I do because I love to. And I contribute probably 10 to 15% of the overall turnover of the clinic, mm. um, which then actually makes the clinic viable without me, which is a really nice feeling um, to know that I can go away for holidays and have time off and and that's not going to have a significant negative impact. Um, in terms of client retention, we basically measure everything, and so our minimum client retention is 80%, but at the moment we're tracking at 87 uh, which is um, certainly I'm very happy with that. Mm. And we have, you know, so we have professional development that's ongoing, both within reception team and our practitioners about providing best patient outcomes that is definitely part of that foundation of client retention. So if you get really great results, then um, client retention and even referrals from from our current client base are quite strong. Mm. And and this is the thing is like when you spoke about the win win win, the patient has got to win, and, and you know you don't over service, you do it by helping their health. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. One of the other things you do though is you also help your staff as well. I've heard you talk about taking them away, being able to actually take them away for for holidays and. Absolutely. So. Uh, one of the things that we do, and we always look at this win-win-win model. So whenever we do something that is good for one component of that model, then we look at how can we make it good for everyone. So we might set financial goals, and uh, the end of last financial year was a good example. We had a, a financial goal that we were um, going for. And when we hit that and we let everyone know, so that the other thing I think is we're very transparent about how we run the clinic. All of the um, practitioners that work here know exactly how much we've turned over, what goals we've got on the table. Um, because they, they're included in the overall um, business planning and so when we hit those goals, then we share the rewards with everyone. So 
one of the things that we did is we took everyone away overnight with their partners to a winery, stayed in nice accommodation, went out to dinner uh, and had a weekend away, which was a really lovely way to celebrate um, and share that with the whole team. Mm. Keone, that all seems well and good, but some sceptics might say, well, hang on, you've now got a financial goal. Aren't you biased towards reaching that financial goal rather than servicing the health of your clients? I think it's a really interesting question and it it comes from these extremes that we see within the industry where there's a lot of discomfort around making money and, you know, for the bulk of the industry, um, certainly not for 100%. But I think if we always work from a place of integrity that our client outcomes, so a patient-centric model where it's always about the best outcome for the client, then the planning and the goals is more around the big picture. So a really good example of this is recently we put our prices up. And so if you look at going, okay, well, if we put our prices up, that's good for the clinic, that's good for the practitioner, but it's bad for the client. So then we actually sit down and have a brainstorming session with all of the practitioners and say, okay, how can we improve our service to our client? So when we put our prices up, we're going to invest something that will develop and innovate our patient care. So what we did with the most recent one is that we invested in a nutritional analysis program And we now do that as standard of care for every single patient where they get a full dietary analysis of their nutrient intakes. So this is how we make a win-win-win. So it's always offset, okay, we need to do something extra special for clients if we're going to um, impact it financially. Mm. And, And now, indeed, you mentor others into how to develop successful practices and, indeed, ethical businesses where both patients and practitioners can sleep. So tell me how you've achieved this. Well, it really started with um, colleagues coming in saying, "Uh, what have you done? (laughs) Because, you know, like people that I graduated with or um, perhaps they graduated before me and... um, you know, really just my brain was going, well, I'm experiencing this challenge. And, and what was really fascinating for me is that through all of those conversations, what I realised is what I went through in that very dark time is exactly what everyone else is going through. We're just not talking about it. Mm. And so when I went through that period of time, I thought I was the only one. And I thought that this had happened because I had failed. So it was, you know, certainly to me, I felt like it was a reflection on me individually and didn't really realise that there's this whole collective of people going through a very similar experience. So that's what really started going, okay, well, let's start setting up a platform where we can share expertise. So because what I've found is the people that are doing well don't necessarily share the knowledge or their expertise with others. And for me, I just feel very passionate about does everyone really have to go through and make the same mistakes? So does everyone really have to go through the challenging, you know, very deeply challenging time that I did when I can help people take a shortcut? Mm. And I think that it's really 
um, part of the development of the industry being taken seriously as healthcare professionals is that we're able to work some of this, um, you know, these basics around business and really have some thriving clinics that are able to really impact, I guess, healthcare on a great scale. Mm -hmm. So I mentor a clinic that's geographically located very close to mine and lots of people ask me about whether that's a good idea because it's a very (laughs) strong competitive mindset. Yeah. And I'm like fine with it because we've got a lot of work to do. If you look at chronic health concerns, diabetes, cardiovascular disease, cancer, they're all on the rise. We've got a lot of work to do in healthcare. Yeah. And so if there's if that clinic does well, if more clinics do well, then that's actually better for my clinic when we start lifting the profile of professionalism within the industry. I totally agree with you. What can a fledgling naturopath, though, expect to invest in business development like you have and career planning indeed? Is it affordable, you know, for only for the already rich people? How does it happen? Absolutely. And I think that um, definitely if we look at the education um, aspects, that there's very good foundations as practitioners, but not necessarily as business owners and a lot of us didn't realise that we were going to be business owners at the end of the day. And I think it starts with an awareness around what are your strengths and what are the areas that you don't have, the skills that you're going to need, and really being open, I guess, to learning about what you can do differently. And so one of the things that... Um, I work with training people about is the difference between external business factors and internal Mm. business factors. Um, And that's a really interesting concept because often we go, oh, it's because we're not registered. Oh, it's because people can't afford to come. Um, Blame the government. Like there's all the, the reasons are always external to ourselves. But that disempowers us in creating a thriving environment within our practices. So looking at those internal factors and how can I change my knowledge base, how can I improve my skill set is really where that starts. Accessing the right information has always been a little bit difficult because if I look at what I've spent on business consultants, business mentoring, business coaching, Mm. I have spent the same amount as my hex debt for my degree. So I think that that, for most people, is not sustainable. And that's definitely part of why I've developed Synergy of Success as well because I really wanted to create a platform of sharing expertise in a way that was accessible to the people that really need it. Because at the moment, a lot of business coaching is accessible to people that have already had some level of success, but we're sort of starting at going, okay, for individual practitioners in clinics or just graduating, how do they access some of the practical business skills that are really essential to a thriving environment. Yeah, it, it, it just doesn't, doesn't seem to be taught, and, and not just in naturopathic circles. I've heard that same um, quote 
in medical circles and in pharmaceutical or pharmacy circles that nobody teaches them how to develop a thriving business or, you know, or practice. Yeah. Um, and, and I might put in, by the way, that, you know, often those people who are sceptics, you know, touting that, that um, you know, naturopaths are pill pushers and things like that, I find it's really interesting that um, these are very often the exact pill pushers <laughs> <laughs> that have a thriving business themselves and put their kids through private schools and have no qualms about blaming others but never look at themselves. Yeah. I think it's very interesting. It is interesting and uh, I think you know there's definitely that aspect and then compounded by the, the lack of um, education around a lot of these issues means people are just, it's really random about who is able to make it at the end of the day. So. So do you think it's a random, like, can anybody take on Synergy of Success and build a successful practice? What What are the risks if they did that? I do believe anyone can uh, take on a practice and, and be successful. Mm. And I guess when we talk about whether it's random, that's really without any education or any um, skill building around business. Um, so if we look at graduating from school and then who makes it and who doesn't, it's very rarely related to whether they're a great practitioner or not. And I've mm. seen that myself with um, people that I went through uni with. Yeah. But it's really about accessing the right information. And so um, certainly if we if we talk about synergy and success, it's looking at accessing what does that individual need and so it really comes back to looking at the health of the business. So I think about it in that traffic terms where we do an assessment, we might run some tests and then we do an action plan or a treatment plan. It's the same concept of what we do in Synergy and Success, just looking at, okay, where are the areas that are creating obstacles to success within the practice? How do we improve those? So sometimes that's training. Um, or, you know, marketing plans or having a plan to start with is a great idea. Yeah. <laughs> so with the, like, anyone can be successful because it's really about having the access to the information, the expertise that you need. So that's really dependent on someone's ability, not so much to be successful in practice, but look at themselves honestly and objectively and go into places that sometimes may be a little bit uncomfortable and a level of commitment. So if we look at a client that comes to us and says, I don't follow any of your recommendations, I've taken half of my herbal remedy and I haven't implemented any dietary changes that you recommended, um, their success in their health outcomes is going to be impacted by that. Yeah, And so it's the same concept with business of going, it does take commitment. It does take focus and an investment of time. Um, but for those that are willing to make that commitment with access to the right information can absolutely be successful. Mm. So where can practitioners find you? Or indeed, if they wanted to do it themselves and they wanted to just embark on a new thing and look at a business coach themselves, how do you find a good one? 
It's a very interesting question. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you were very lucky that uh, somebody somebody recognised very... potential in you, and they took an interest in you. Yes. But but how would you how would that duplicate in you know Perth? Absolutely, and so I guess um, I would all always consider <clears throat> their own experiences to be quite important. Mm. So for someone who is looking for a business mentor or a business um, coach looking at where their expertise are, is it, you know, at least in a service-based business, um, preferably in a, um, in a, you know, like I guess me being a naturopath, I mentor predominantly other naturopaths because I really understand um, the strengths and challenges of, um, of practising in that field. So I think that um, does give a really strong foundation of someone who has been able to create that for themselves, uh, has had the experience of being able to build a practice. And I'm not the only one, so there's, there are other people um, that have had that experience and have worked really hard, blood, sweat and tears into a clinic. But I guess it is about changing a little bit of that mindset that it doesn't necessarily have to be really hard. And... That's where I feel so passionate about sharing what does work, what doesn't work. Let's not all make the same mistakes and actually start talking about how we create a thriving culture. I couldn't couldn't applaud you more for what you've done and in such an ethical way. You know, I, I got to say, I was so impressed when I first met you and you you told me about you know the things that you disdain in the industry about certain ways that things have been done and I love the way that you engender that win-win-win it's got to be all for the patients so Keone Moore yeah I I just couldn't be more impressed with you Keone I thank you so much for joining us today on FX Medicine thank you Andrew this is FX Medicine and I'm Andrew Whitfield-Cook if you've enjoyed what you've heard today on FX Medicine Please engage with us and let us know what further topics you'd like us to cover. You can get in contact with us through our website, fxmedicine.com.au, or look for FX Medicine in your favourite social media platform. You can also rate and review us on iTunes, and we'd really like to thank those who have already rated us. It's through your continued support that enables us to bring you current, complex and relevant topics to enhance your practice of natural medicine.